When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Oregon coach Dan Lanning gets paid and throws some shade. The Pac-12 is in disarray. Damian Lillard remains a blazer. All that and more coming up on the Sports by Northwest podcast. Hello, I am Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian and Oregon Live. I'm joined as always by Brenna Green of Coin6. I am back from a week in Orlando with the fam going on frightening roller coasters at Universal Studios and Disney World. I'll have a review of that uh, circus slash fun slash exhausting uh, vacation that I need a vacation from. But first, Brenna, how you been? It's been a minute. I uh, I totally understand the vacation from a vacation. I'm the <laughs> queen of I need a vacation from my vacation. Uh, I can't slow down. I go on vacation and I'm like, relaxing? No, no, no. I've got a million things to see. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's August. Normally, this is a slower time of year. Not the case right now. No. It's no. wild times around here. <laughs> we are full bore going for it. Got- so, uh, yeah, uh, not 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 a boring um, time. I was telling you before we got on here, I'm supposed to go visit my grandma uh, in the middle of nowhere in Oregon Aww. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we might have to push this. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. Like, I, you know, like normally I would not do that, but this is like so crazy right now with everything happening that you know by the time this podcast comes out it might be dated so true um, what what if what if oregon and oregon state got split up because oregon went to another conference maybe the big 10 and damian lillard got traded on the same day (laughs) aaron why would you put that into the universe that's when you retire that's when you call and say yeah uh, I think I'm going to retire from this job because I don't want to deal with this nonsense. Anyway. I I don't see that happening. Thank the Lord. Because the the Blazers are tripping. But uh, anyway. Mm, Yeah. We have different opinions on this. Oh, 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 we got set up. We got some fire set up. We got a few things on here. We disagree about. Yeah. yeah, Actually. All right. Let's, let's dive into this starting uh, with the fact that the ducks and beavers have started training camp. And, uh, you know, that's great. We're not going to preview the season or anything like that or get into the yeah. X's and O's or the roster. But the, the big news out of Eugene, obviously, is that Dan Lanning just received a fat contract. Oh, my God. With a ridiculous buyout. Its uh, salary goes from four point something to seven. It's fully guaranteed. It runs, what, through 2029, I think? Or was it 2031? Um, I can't remember how many years it was. Yes, it's 2029. 2029. January 31st, 2029. So through the 2028 season. Right. When Mario Cristobal signed an extension, he he had a... Actually, I think it might have been his first contract. He had a buyout that was $10 million the first year. Then it went down to eight and six each consec- uh, following year. Lanning's is $20 million throughout, <laughs> which is fascinating to me. But before I go on my rant about this, mm. let's hear what you think about this contract. Well, it was very interesting being in the room on uh, Monday. Was it Monday? What day is it? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> when they had Oregon Football Media Day and he was asked by Bill Oram, okay, we've heard before that coaches don't want to leave here, but you, uh, so so yes, you have a big buyout, but why should Oregon fans believe that, that you aren't going to bolt? And Dan looked right at Bill and goes, you got $20 million? <laughs> Bill was like, no, I do not. No, I do not. And he's like, yeah. Um, I, I thought it was very interesting the way he phrased it. He was like, you know, I don't think it's very fair when schools make a commitment to um, 
when schools make a commitment to a coach and a coach doesn't make the same commitment to the school, I want to make that commitment to this school. I want to do that. I want to be here. So, you know, I guess maybe, maybe the trade-off was, Hey, we'll pay you more if you have a higher buyout and you won't ditch us. So uh, we'll see how it all goes. I mean, shout out to Dan Lanning, generational wealth for his family. Can't knock that. Uh, You can't, can't knock the hustle. It's, um, it's, it's a pretty intense contract for only one year of coaching. Hello. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's a lot, but um, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess I can also understand why Oregon wants that security after the last two coaches and how they might feel a little antsy and itchy about that. Um, considering what happened with those two. Right. So yeah, uh, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, the last year I'm looking at it right now, last year, do you know what the last year number is for that contract? I did not. A cool eight million. Yep. Although by then eight million might, might be 000. cheap. Eight million might be cheap by then. Uh, Seriously. Well, the thing is, we all know it's probably not. If he continues to succeed, it will not get to that year seven year, and there'll be another extension that's going to be way more. So true. True. That's how this goes. And you know what was very interesting is when that contract came out, people were saying. Oregon paying their coach like a Big Ten coach. Ooh, that's true. That's true. Although yeah, they they offered good. Mario something similar, uh, but yeah, point taken. Um, I, go ahead. I personally, I don't, I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it because of the buyout. If it, if if it wasn't for the buyout, I would be like, this is this is ridiculous. I do still think it's a little bit ridiculous. It's a lot. It's a lot for one year where you lost to both of your rivals. You know that says <laughs> what everybody keeps coming back to. You right. lost to both of your rivals. You lost to both of your rivals. <laughs> Um, so, uh, you know, I, 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 I do think one of those games, I, I'm not going to totally hate him for the UW game because of how it all went down at the end of that UW game. Right. However, I really hated that Bonex run call when it happened. And I, I literally, as I saw him running was like, Ooh, Ooh, he could get hurt here. Ooh, he could get hurt here. And then he stayed down and I was like, no, wait, was no. that a run? Was, was that a run call or didn't he scramble? Cause it was a pass play. No, it was a run call. Was it a run call? Yeah, he was right up the gut. Okay. Yep. I remember it pretty clearly. Um, <laughs> so, because I remember the feeling of watching it as it was as he was running straight up and was like, ah, I don't know if I would have done that right there. Like, you know. Um, and then it was like, oh no, he's down. Yeah. Uh so you know, there's 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 some there's some we can take partial blame there, I think. Um, but yeah, anyways, I I at least respect it because of the buyout. But yeah, let's see how year two goes. <laughs> All right. Well, first things first. Dan Lanning needs to send a thank you card and an expensive bottle of wine to both Taggart and Cristobal. Because oh, yeah. they, this absolutely <laughs> is a contract to try and prevent Lanning from leaving easily. There's just no doubt about that because it just doesn't yes. make any sense otherwise. And the, and the buyout is so wild. I'll get more into that. That clearly is you know, a situation where they're saying we have to do whatever we can to not lose another coach because Dan Lanning was absolutely a flight risk. And I've been saying that probably about midway through last season that because, because I think Oregon has a ceiling that a lot of fans don't really want to recognize yet because of what happened from 2009 through 2014. Mm -hmm. And I think Mario saw that ceiling. Plus he wanted to go to Miami. And I think at some point landing, especially someone who's, who was in the sec and coached a team that was just a monster of a team in terms of talent that that's won back-to-back titles that he knows the talent difference between what the recruiting rankings say and what you can get at Oregon versus the dudes you actually can get in other parts of the country. So at some point, He's going to hit his head against the ceiling at Oregon and realize I probably can't win a national title here or it's going to be extremely difficult. There are better opportunities out there for me to do so. He's a young guy, and I think absolutely at some point he would look to escape. That said, if I'm him, I take this contract because it's a ton of guaranteed money and I haven't done jack yet. The 10-win season doesn't mean anything to me. Okay, let me, let me start this off first so no one bashes me because I – give my opinion on this. I love the landing hire. I think you had to go with a young unproven head coach um, because you're not going to get a marquee proven head coach and you want to see him develop as a head coach and you want to see him stay. 
So if you're giving this guy this opportunity and he's going to grow here, you don't want him to grow here and bounce. So I, it totally makes sense that they did this, regardless of whether it's an overpay, regardless of the fact that Lanning hasn't proven a ton yet. I have no problem with, with them doing this. I think it's kind of smart. Okay, but one year as a head coach, he won 10 games. He won 10 games with talent, mainly talent from an, another coach. He went out and got a transfer quarterback, which he had to do, um, and some other transfers. Very deft in those moves with Gonzalez and, and Bucky and, and – uh, obviously Bo Nix. So I love those moves by him as a coach. The fact mm-hmm. that he put together a really good staff, the fact that he he came in, he saw right away that they didn't have the talent level that the recruiting rankings stated, which is something I talked about a year ago when I was starting hearing from people at Oregon and I knew that some of Morrow's recruiting was inflated. But still, they had a 10-1 season. They won a bowl game. A lot of good there. First year as a head coach, fine. But the red flags for this kind of money are one, one year of head coaching, two, just a mediocre bowl win on your resume. And again, he's only had one season, but I'm just saying, if we're giving a guy this, this kind of money, this is not the resume you would look for. Um, a nicely rec- one good recruiting class, and it looked like he's going to have another one. That's fine. But lost UW, like you said, blew a big lead to Oregon State, lost Dante Moore in the recruiting battle with the former Oregon coach, uh, Chip Kelly. And then the, his, he's a defensive guy, and his defense was mediocre. Yet Georgia, without him, went on and had another dominant defense and won a national title, showing that what happened at Georgia with him was much more about the players than him. Now, again, that doesn't mean he can't build some great defenses here or isn't a great defensive mind. I'm just saying that he left a place that went on and won a national title without him, stomped his new team, and his defense was not very good last year. Yet for all of this, he's bumping from 4.7 to $7 million per year with a $20 million signing bonus. Now, what the what? Sorry, twenty million dollar buyout. Now, what the buyout does? I can say, Dan, I know. Yeah, we forgot about that. that. What the buyout does is it shrinks dramatically the number of teams that could come calling for him because there aren't that many teams out there that are going to want to pay twenty million for the right to pay Dan ten. Also, it increases the level of success he must have for programs like that to even consider him and giving him ten plus paying twenty for the right to have him. So we're talking probably only like five, six, seven, eight programs that would even consider doing something like that. Uh, So it's smart. Now, if he never has that level of success, and that level of success to me would have to be, I mean, the playoffs are going to be easy to make coming up for Oregon, even if it stays in the Pac-12, because if you just win the Pac-12, you're going to be in the the playoffs as a 12-team field. So that's going to be easy. But, you know, he has to probably make a Final Four or two, win a couple conference titles. If they're in the Big Ten, I don't think Oregon's ever going to win the Big Ten, sorry to say. But you get into the playoffs a couple times, win a couple playoff games, then I think someone could come calling. But even if that doesn't necessarily happen and you you end up winning eight to ten games a year and maybe you're never really a national threat, if your Oregon is still worth it because you still remain somewhat relevant and somewhat successful and you don't get embarrassed by losing your coach and then you have the hope that he's going to continue to grow and build the program and maybe someday, boom, you pop. You have one of those years where you've got a Heisman quarterback and an amazing defense, and boom, you're beating Ohio State and Michigan, and you find yourself in the Final Four or what have you. Um, so I, I think it makes sense all the way around. But, man, if ever there was a contract that basically was written because a team, a, a program was desperate to make sure their coach didn't leave, this is one. <laughs> and it's and it's it's amazing. But like I said at the beginning, this is all about what Mario and Tagger did to Oregon. Mario and Taggart embarrassed Oregon because mm-hmm. Oregon fired that staff that went to two national title games thinking they were going to roll out there and just get whatever marquee co- that coach they want. And there were going to be all these coaches across the country just couldn't wait to get to Oregon to have no recruiting base in a small stadium, which was ridiculous. So you end up getting Taggart. Taggart leaves after one year. Then by default, you get Mario, who's doing a good job, and he bails what you didn't think he would. And you they threw a ton of Mario money at Mario as well, and then he bails. So this is something I think Oregon kind of had to do. It's fascinating. I don't blame Dan for signing it. I'd take the guaranteed money when I haven't done that much yet as well, and we'll see how it plays out. We haven't even gotten to the meat of this podcast yet. We got <laughs> we got a lot of things to cover. Um, okay, we're going to move on, right? Yeah, that's it. You got, you got no, no disagreement there? We're, we're good? No, I know. No, I mean, I think, I think yeah, it's, okay. yeah. It makes sense for all. This is PTSD. This is the PTSD contract. <laughs> um, all right. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's, tell, yeah, tell, me, tell me where you see the line. You're not wrong. <laughs> Speaking of landing. The only oh, wait, one, time- one more quick thing. Oh, please. One more, just one more, the, the buyout. What's beautiful about the buyout of your organ, if someone comes and steals him, let's say someone stole him after four years into this deal. That 20 million would almost cover what you paid him. So it'd be like having a free coach. Or you can look at it like that 20 million will cover the four year, 20 million contract you might give the new coach. So free coaching is nice. So it's almost like, hey, you want to come steal him? Okay, fine. You're going to pay for our coach the next four or five years. Anyway, go ahead. I know that's 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 yeah. As you were saying that, I was thinking the next next coach. But you're also right about that brilliant genius, great financial decision. Yeah. Uh, okay. The only two times during Lanning's press conference that things got interesting were one when he said, "Do you have twenty million dollars?" Also made quite an analogy, by the way. The clips up on my Twitter about chicken, chickens, and pigs and breakfast. It said when you pot when you crack the egg like that's one thing but the bacon that's like the pig he's actually got his like meat in the game you know and I want to you know when you're making breakfast and I I don't know anyways I was like wow okay that was an analogy I was not expecting to see here today the second time it got interesting and I, I want to provide a little bit more context as somebody who was in the room because I do think the context is really interesting um so, uh, he gets asked, and, you know, if you're listening to this, you probably know already. Um, he gets asked about his initial reaction to Colorado moving to the Big 12. Mm-hmm. But he was actually already asked, hey, what basically, like, what does Colorado mean for you? Colorado moving mean for you guys? And he kind of poo pooed it and was like, he, he was just kind of like, oh, I'm just focused on us. I don't, you know, whatever, you know, just gave the standard coach speak answer. And to be completely frank with you, and this is fine, this is what coaches do. Dan Lanning it says a lot of coach speak. That's just what it is. There's a lot of generalities. There's not much that's specific. It's, it's not much that gets spicy. And so then he is asked at the very end of the press conference, hey, what was your initial reaction? And to be honest, I was talking with people afterwards and all of us were like, well, he'd already kind of like poo-pooed, you know, kind of downplayed the what does, how does Colorado leaving affect you sort of thing. So everyone's kind of like, should we ask that or is that, you know, whatever. Praise, I'm totally blanking on her name, but I want to give her 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 props. It's a girl at Fox 12. I'm totally blanking on her name. Anyways, she asked it props to her because all of a sudden we got spicy. We got peak spice. And he's like, I, I had no reaction. You know, what, what is Colorado one in this conference? Can you think of anything? Looks at her. She goes, um, he's like, yeah, I can't think of anything either. That's it. We're done from the SID. Thanks coach. That was the last question. That was the last question. Walked off. It was amazing. It was great. Okay. Um, it wasn't really amazing. Okay, go ahead. You finish before I counter yeah. you. Go ahead. I, yeah, we have differing opinions on this. Look, all right, we live in a world where nobody wants to say anything that's interesting when they get up on the podium. Anything. Anything that is interesting. So God bless Dan Lanning for doing it and throwing a little shade. I appreciate it. I thought it was funny. I enjoyed it. I know you have a different opinion on this, but... At the very least, like, at the very least, it was highly entertaining. And um, and that's all I can ask for at this point. Especially, you know, I mean, like I said, that press conference was, I mean, and I don't, I don't totally blame him either. He's been doing, you know, he did Pac-12 Media Day and he did all this other stuff. He's already been asked a million things about the season. Let's get to the season. I'd be the same way if I were him. I'd be like, I don't have anything new to say here. I have nothing new to say. So, you know, you know, it was just, it was, it was pretty boring press conference until that last quip. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, we don't get to see spicy Dan Lanning all the time, but when we do get to see him, it's, I, I love it. I love it. We need more spicy Dan. Okay. We need more spicy Dan. Now you, on the other hand, have a completely different opinion on this. You have voiced this on Twitter. I literally DM'd you, um, cause you DM'd me and said, this is, mm-hmm. And I said, we're going to talk about this on the pod because I have a completely <laughs> different opinion. I loved it. Please, okay. take the floor. So, okay, so here's the thing. To, uh, all right. The question is about Colorado leaving the Pac-12. 
<clears throat> and so if you are a team in the Pac-12 or teams in the Pac-12 and you're offended that a program is leaving your conference and you view that as like them throwing shade or disrespect or how can you do that because we have solidarity in our conference, then I could see maybe throwing some shade at them. But Oregon is looking to get out of the conference as well. So you can't blame Colorado for leaving the conference. And if you can't blame Colorado for leaving when half the conference is looking to leave, then it makes no sense to throw shade at them in a question about them leaving when you are in a position where you're basically punching down on a program that was 1-11 last year. Like throwing shade at a team that was 1-11 – it's okay. just like, it just, it just, it's just, I don't want to say classless. It's just cheap. It's just corny. It's like, well, and then the counter is, of course, Dan, I have what an it, idea where it all came from, but continue. Okay. And that, okay. So go ahead. Tell me. Maybe you'll change okay. my opinion. I know that people, that there are a lot of college head coaches who have issues with how Dion has conducted himself in the last few months with, you know, all the kids going in the portal and, and everything he's been saying and all this sort of stuff. Okay, so that's I that's a Dion issue. That's not a Colorado. It's issue. It's not a Colorado issue. And but he hasn't was... coached against Dion. No. Right. And so so anyway. But so, I think it provided a good opportunity for him to get a little shot across. I mean, I that's guess, but again, you're you're punching down on a one eleven program that's trying to rebuild, um, and they're going to a, con- a pack the Big Twelve back to where they came from, leaving your conference, which is a complete and utter mess. And it's just I don't know. It's like, well, Dan, what have you won? I mean, it's only been or, so Oregon's won some conference titles long before you. Now, Colorado won the South in 2016 and made mm-hmm. the conference championship game. So they did win something that affected the conference because they went to the conference title game. So it's not like they haven't won anything. Now, if we're just talking championships, well, Dan, you haven't won a championship and you lost to your two rivals. All I'm saying is that it's just like, I, I feel like Dan should be above that. And I feel like the fan base and the media that covers the team should be above thinking that's such a burn. Wow. They burned Colorado. Talk that mess to Washington. Talk that mess to Oregon state. Let's hear that same spice Washington week. Let's hear that same spice Oregon state week. Then I'll be impressed. But talking trash like one in 11 Colorado. Come on. Come on, Dan. Seriously. I don't know. And let me make this clear. I'm not like I, I tweeted numerous times. I said this isn't a big deal. It's not like I'm down on him for it, or yeah. it's like some big deal that should be blown out. Of, I'm just saying that I just don't think it was that clever, or that it was that funny, or interesting, or cool, or even that spicy. And I think Oregon as a program should be above talking trash to a 111 Colorado program. You got bigger things to worry about. And if you can talk trash to them for not winning anything, then that justifies all the conferences across the, all the teams across the country who talk trash about the fact that Oregon, that the O stands for how many national titles they've won in football. <laughs> What's the difference? It's just punching down. And this is punching even further down than that. So anyway, that's just my take on it. Dan, Dan can do better than that. And I want to hear it. I want to hear the trash talking Washington week. I would love that as well. But we won't Let's hear it. Let's make then. that happen. But we won't hear it then because he knows Washington could beat them up there. Yeah, exactly. He feels pretty confident he can talk trash to Colorado and win that game in Austin. So it's it's just an easy, it's an easy quip. Anyway. You okay. got a counter or what? I mean, you know, I I I just think I just I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I get it. I you know, I'm not I'm not someone who can't see another person's point of view or whatever. And I, I think that yeah, I think that you definitely have some valid points. I just I think that uh, I think that for me, just personally covering so many landing press conferences over the last year, it was nice to see that side of him that the players get in the locker room that we don't necessarily get as right. the media. So basically, his that, press conferences are almost flatlining, and this was like a little bleep. And you're like, oh my god, a pulse. Yes. Okay. Every I, once in a while, I feel that. Be good. And I mean, you know, he'll he. It's not like he's. It's not like they're bad press conferences. That's not what I'm saying whatsoever. It's just not um it's you know, it's what every coach does. Yeah, you can't blame anyone. It's, it's not me throwing shade. It's just the facts. Like coaches don't want to have give other teams bulletin board material. Exactly. Um, which Blaine unless, totally unless they're did. one unless they're one and eleven and he knows he can beat Precisely. them. Precisely. Right. Yeah, he saying. doesn't that's care because he knows they're gonna that's, beat him. That's my point. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, but, and you're but, totally- but hey, if Colorado rolls up in here and wins, woo, 
Can't wait for September 23rd. That's going to be a great game. I looked at my co-talk and I was like, September 23rd, we got to be here. (laughs) You might want to reduce that buyout to 10 million. Anyway, let's move on to conference madness. Now, as we're recording this, you know, for all we know, things are going to be settled um, by the time we post this or after we post this. But we're not going to dive into the weeds too much on what's been going on because it's just too wackadoodle for me. But clearly, Pac-12 has a weak TV deal or streaming deal on the table that doesn't impress most of the teams in the conference, especially the ones with cachet. Uh, The Big Ten's looming out there. Everyone wants to go be with the cool kids in the Big Ten. Big 12, I guess, could be a possibility, what have you. Or you just stay put and just let whatever teams go and then add, you know, the UNLVs, San Diego States, Boise's of the world if you can or what have you. Uh, whatever happens, happens, and we'll talk about it after it happens. But <clears throat> for me, and this is something we disagree on too. Ooh, this is a spicy podcast, to use your mm. word. Uh, <laughs> I, I truly believe that Oregon and Oregon State need to stay together. And I don't know, like, I don't truly understand all the political uh, things that, in terms of the state and how things could go in terms of trying to force that to happen or what. But I just think it just would be bad to split them up. And, you know, Oregon State's back, man. They've beaten Oregon two of the last three times, despite all of Oregon's allegedly great recruiting. Uh, you know, at the very least, we got to see them still play every year. However, or- if Oregon goes to the Big Ten and Oregon State goes to what? The Mountain West? The disparity yep. in revenue is, I mean, it's already there. But now you you add to it. Now, now you're looking at a situation where Oregon State would just have – probably no chance to really compete as we move forward. And Jonathan Smith is going to leave. Like Jonathan Smith is going to bang his head, you know, at, at that program um, and realize, man, I, you know, I mean, it just, it just would be bad all the way around for Oregon state, which I think is bad for Oregon. I, I, I like it. Mm-hmm. It's much better when Oregon yeah. state is at least good. They don't have to be great. They have to be good and be a threat. Those are the best times. Those are the best seasons um, in this state, when Oregon State is two and nine or two and ten, and the Ducks are going to you know the Rose Bowl or the playoffs, that's that's not. I mean, that's great for Duck fans. Okay, awesome, but it's not as intriguing as, and, and interesting as as I think we should want it to be. So I, I hope agree. they stay together. I hope they stay together. I love the fact that Oregon State's back. I remember having a conversation at NBC Sports Northwest about five years ago, and, and some people were saying how they don't, they don't know how Oregon State could ever dig themselves out of this hole. And I'm like, these things can go in cycles. If they get the right coach in there, they could turn things around. And they got the perfect coach in there. And he has turned things around. They won 10 games last year. They beat Oregon and Florida. If you would have told me okay. five years ago that Oregon – right, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say – I'm just going to say this one thing about Florida. I, I know. We all know. It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't the Florida that we know. But that doesn't no. matter. If you had told me five years ago or told anyone five years ago that in five years – the Oregon State Beavers in the same season would beat the Ducks and Florida. The betting odds on that in Vegas would have probably paid you ten thousand to one. <laughs> okay, so regardless of the whatever, you know, we all know Florida was a mess and players weren't playing because it doesn't matter. Oregon State's program beat Florida at the end of the day, and they beat Oregon in the same season. So that is awesome. I want to see them continue to thrive. Oregon continues to thrive so that when they play, it has some meaning. And if they split up and Oregon goes to the Big Ten and Oregon State, I mean, hopefully they at least stay in some kind of version of the pack. That would be better than dropping you know, to the Mountain West, what have you. Uh, I, just, I just don't like it. Bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we disagree, first of all. I, I, I just don't think it's a reality. It's not a feasible reality. Um, you know, I, my, I was texting with my dad yesterday, and he was like, what's your thoughts on the Pac-12? And I was like, it's done. You know, I, I personally think it's done. <laughs> okay, so wait, wait. When you say done, do you mean there's going to be no such thing as a conference called the Pac-12, or it's just done as we know it? Like, you don't think they're just going to replace teams with other – like, Mountain West teams no. move up into the Pac, no? No. Like, it's just going to – there's going to be no such thing as the Pac. going to go the other way around. The, wow. the, the, Wazoo and Oregon State are gonna have to go to the Mountain West. Damn. Um, yeah, no, I, that's that's what I pretty firmly believe. I, I do not think that it's just there's there's just it's just too it's a logistical nightmare. Um, they should call the, the way, pack, I'm very I'm very fascinated to see merge, what Cal merge and call it the Pack Mountain West. Boom. There you go. Genius. 
Genius. <laughs> Very interesting to see where Cal and Stanford end up in all this, by the way. That's like right. one of the underrated storylines in all this um, as this all continues. Um, so, okay. I, you know, I was texting with him about it and I was like, you know, he's like, well, you think that Oregon and Oregon State are going to play? And I was like, well, they could play non-conference and I think that'd be good. And he's like, but aren't those non-conference schedules set? And I was like, yes, but he's like, aren't they set like 10 years out? And I'm like, not quite. No. So I went on and I looked. The next open date is, is gonna... yeah, that's true. They can't. Go ahead, finish. The next open Sorry. date right now on Oregon's schedule is 2029. Um, so, you know, and like you said, they can be adjusted. Things can move. Things can change. That's that's kind of how it goes. Um, I think it's good for this state to have those two teams playing each other. But you are absolutely right. The things are going to change once Oregon State's in the Mountain West and um, Oregon is in the Pac- or not sorry, not the Pac-12, the, the Big Ten, which it certainly looks like it's going to be that way. Brad McMurphy um, tweeted right before this podcast that it's not, it's not a, it's not, they, they don't need to, the, the big 10 is basically saying we don't need to do any more research on, um, Oregon or UW. It's just a question of figuring out how this works financially at this point. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's coming like a rumble freight train. So, you know, yeah, but I, it is, it's really sad. I mean, you know, I, I was born and raised on the Oregon, Oregon state rivalry. Like one, you know, I, I come from a really interesting family where, you know, one side, my mom's side of the family goes back four generations at OSU. Mm. We, we go back a significant ways. However, I was raised an Oregon fan. My mom went to Oregon state. Um, I was raised an Oregon fan because my dad was the one who got the season tickets and we went to Oregon. So there I was in this family of, and there was a few other people in my family that were Oregon fans as well. There I was in this family of of Oregon State fans rooting for Oregon. So, you know, I I that this is like a rivalry that you know I I feel very intensely. That's you know, really been a huge part of just my life, and you know, made me into you know, it helped helped propel me into like what I'm literally doing today. Like, that's how big it is. So I, uh, it's really crappy and it's really sad. And I really just, you know, I'm already like mourning everything, you know, in my eyes because it's just college football. You know, I I was on the phone with a friend uh, like an hour ago or so, and he was just like, I'm so disillusioned with everything with college football. It's just a big money grab. Nobody cares anymore. And there's no sense of cohesion. It's just how can we get ours? And it's ruining everything in college sports. It's ruining all the other college sports, which I wholeheartedly agree, by the way, um, as somebody who went to a basketball school. So it's very sad. It's very disappointing to me. However, I just don't know. Uh, It's just not a reality. Oregon and Oregon State are not going to be in the same conference after uh, what? This season, I just, I just don't think it's going to happen. If that does happen, woo, I am pleasantly surprised. But, and you want to know what you, I, I didn't think I could dislike someone more than Larry Scott, but we're there with George Klyavkov at this point. Because what an absolute fumble! <laughs> okay, but is this his fault, or is it just par for the course it's for this conference? It's not necessarily his fault, but I mean, he, he had how long to figure this out? Maybe it's not figure outable. <laughs> Maybe it's not Is that a word. <laughs> oh, Ooh, I made up a word. Yeah. I'm just saying. Um, but, so, so, but, the, but okay. If you're a TV network, why do you want to spend a bunch of money on pack games when hardly anyone east of the Rockies cares? I just don't think the the revenue that they want in order to contend and compete with other conferences just isn't available to be had. I mean, you got to like people talk about the Bay area market and how you got to get Cal and Stanford because of the Bay area market. People in the Bay area don't care about Cal and Stanford. No, they're, they're such no, they afterthoughts to, they, I mean, they got the warriors. They've got two baseball teams, two football teams, two hockey teams, three, well, three, if you count Sacramento football or basketball teams, like they, Oh, sorry. Yeah, two basketball teams. Sorry, um, they don't care about Cal and Stanford, and Cal and Stanford barely care about football. 
yeah, no, I'm I'm with you there, 100% in terms of that. You're totally, totally spot on right about that. But I just think the way that he has drug this out um, has been uh, has. And you lost UCA, USC and UCLA. How are you going to – yeah, that that whole thing. There's just no – I don't think there's anything you could have done. It's, the money is just not there. No one cares. I I think that the way that this got drug out and the – it kind of felt like the boy who cried wolf. It's coming. It's coming in the next month. Oh, it's coming. It's yeah, coming. It's yeah. coming. Yeah. I mean, like that, that has been absolutely detrimental to the whole, whole – to the whole conference. And it has made this conference the laughing stock of the entire country and – um yeah, I mean, do I think that it's all George's fault? No, absolutely not. Do I think that he had enough time to make this right? Yes, I do. So, um, yeah, but know, what I, are I'm, you what are you making right? You're you're a conference with three, maybe four. Well, before USC and UCLA left, UCLA left four programs that resonate, and two left. So now you're Oregon and you're Washington. Stanford had a nice little run there, but Stanford's academic requirements and it's just Stanford. It's just not, it's not on that level. So you have two programs that resonate and you're supposed to go out and get a massive TV deal. Utah has been good. They won the last two conference championships, but no one cares about, no, no one's spending a bunch of money to broadcast Utah football games. It's just not, so that's why I, that's why I don't necessarily. I just think that him. there might have been more options for him at some point, and I mean, um, maybe, and that there may have been some greediness going on there. But you know, who oh, knows? Sure. I could be wrong. So, um, yeah, I I just I just think that there's been a lot of, regardless of what has the the hand he was dealt. I don't think he. Um, I think that he could have handled some things much better. So. I'm not disagreeing with that. I can't even pretend yeah. I've been <laughs> much closer, most that close of attention at that level. Uh, the bottom line is, I just didn't see how they were going to get a massive TV deal because it's just not a very interesting conference um, outside of the West Coast. And I just, so, whatever. But speaking of that conference, uh, what's up with your the Trojans? best part about this? What's, what, what's up with your Trojans? <laughs> My Trojans. <laughs> They're, they're not my Trojans. Um, I'm just yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, there's been a report that USC was, uh, this entire time has been pretty adamant about no other West Coast schools coming to the Big Ten. And, um, yeah, now they're probably going to get that. And in particular, they didn't want Oregon to, coming, mostly because of recruiting battles and things like that. So, if there is one positive thing to come out of this whole thing, God, I love it that USC is so terrified of Oregon. It's adorable. It's cute. Um, and uh, they aren't going to get their way, it looks like. So I personally love that because, you know, there's a reason why it's University of Spoiled Children. And I'm saying that at whose best friend, by the way, went to USC, and I love her dearly. Um, but – Obviously, she's my best friend. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. That's that's like the one thing where I'm like, ha ha, you wanted to you, you wanted to get away. We can Oregon still got you. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I find that to be highly entertaining. And if there is a silver lining to come out of this for me, it is that. So, so. Brady McCullough, who writes for mm-hmm. the L.A. Times, wrote this column. And it said, his tweet on it was, for USC, one thing that felt extra fun about the Big Ten move was leaving Oregon behind. The Trojans made it clear they did not want the Ducks to follow. But now the Big Ten is eyeing Oregon, and USC may not get its way in its new league. And I read the column, and it talked about how USC wanted to get, rid of, get away from Oregon, <clears throat> in part because of the recruiting battle, with the theory being that if they're in the better conference, then what would be left of the pack, whatever, that they would have the upper hand in recruiting, which is something that Duck fans have obviously feared, which is why they want to also get to the Big Ten. But it's like for me, I didn't. It didn't make sense to me because you're not going to shed Oregon just by going to the Big Ten. You're still going to lose some kids to Oregon, but now in the Big Ten, you have more than just Oregon 
to really deal with on the field because that conference obviously is far more stacked than the Pac-12. So it's like you're going to trade or dealing with Oregon with for in recruiting to maybe dropping that a little bit by going to the Big Ten. But now being in a situation where you could kind of maybe rule this conference for a while, you're going to go mess around in the Big Ten where you have to deal with Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, et cetera. That just didn't make any sense to me at all as far as just basic logic. If you if you can't recruit your own backyard and you're USC and you're running from Oregon, that is so soft. Where's that Kobe gif of him yelling at, at Dwight Howard and called him soft? Did you really say gif? Oh, my god! Is it gif? I was, I was getting mixed up. Is it gif? In, in my world, it's gif. Okay. I, I, okay. I've struggled with that for years. I still do even. You'll tell me this right now and in two weeks I'll say gif again. Anyway, <laughs> what I try to do is remember it's not like Jiffy peanut butter. Okay, GIF. Sorry. I'm an old head. My bad. So anyway, trot that out because you see, like, if this is true, how soft could you be? You're scared of Oregon. You're USC. You, USC. You, had, you had a soft run there because, A, the Ducks got lightning in the bottle with the blur offense. You were on probation and you couldn't get head coach right. They have head coach right. And they just won the conference, right? Did they? No, they lost. Sorry, they lost to Utah in the conference. Yes, they lost to sorry, Utah. my bad. Um, but you know, you are in the mix. You're going to be in the mix for the conference title <clears throat> every season because you have a legit coach. You're going to recruit well. Why are you afraid of Oregon? Oregon has won one legit Pac-12 title since 2014, and I say legit because the 2021 is. Has an asterisk by it because of COVID. They didn't even win the North. They lost to yeah. Cal and Oregon State that year. They got thrown into the conference title game. The players and coaches deserve to celebrate that championship because they were told to go play at USC in the conference title game and they went in there and won. But as far as the it, uh, reflecting program strength, they were three and two that year before winning that game. That pushed them to four and two and then they got throttled by Iowa State. So they were four and three. Is that right? Yeah, four and three. So that to me, that's not a, a championship team you're gonna you celebrate. So one legit Pac-12 title yeah. since 2014, yeah. and USC's afraid of you. Man, that's just embarrassing. And whatever happens, just embracing competition. You're supposed to embrace competition. You're not supposed to run from competition. Like last year, people crying about losing to Georgia. If we had to play Georgia, we would be in a position to be able to play. Why do you deserve to go to playoffs if you run from Georgia? You got Georgia on the schedule playing. If you get beat by 40, then you have no business being in the playoffs. It shouldn't be, oh, we should have played someone else so we can get in the playoffs. Why? So you play Georgia there and they beat you by 50? You know, anyway, to me, you don't run from competition. You run toward competition. And they're doing that by going to the conference. But if they were doing that because they were afraid of competing against Oregon, that's just corny. And I agree with you 100%. If Oregon follows them into the conference, it's like, eh. You couldn't avoid us. And now you got to deal with us because we're going to be in the same division within this conference. And we're going to be a thorn in your backside, whether you might be better than us moving forward for the most part, which I think USC will be, but we're going to be a thorn. Then that, yes, I agree with you 100%. That's hilarious. I think it's one of those situations where going to the Big Ten was uh, the best thing that made sense generally. And it was an added bonus that they got away from Oregon. USC is not a school that likes to share the spotlight. They have had to share the spotlight now for the last 20 years with, with Oregon mostly. So uh, 13 years. Okay. They weren't sharing right. anything. They weren't sharing anything during the Bush liner. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> when they went back to backs. I was, uh, I, was yeah, rounding. I was rounding. Okay. No, I, I got you. I got you. Rounding to an even number. 13. Years. Um, I'll give you 13 years. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's just, a, I think it's just a place that doesn't like to, um, doesn't like the spotlight on anybody but them. And. But you Oregon. get the spotlight by beating Oregon. Exactly. You gave him more spotlight. And if you can't beat Oregon, then you don't deserve the spotlight. This is the thing that just drives me nuts about college football. Yeah, but they, this, this, is, this, this doesn't make, it shouldn't make any sense. It's USC. <laughs> You try to make something make sense that that that, that it, it, there's egos. I know. One it's of the things I love. One of the things I love the most, the most about Oregon's rise. Uh, forget the uniforms, you know. Forget, don't forget the blur, but you know, forget some of the razzle dazzle with the facilities. It was the yeah. fact that they were willing to schedule anyone, anywhere, anytime. And even if you didn't want to come to Eugene in exchange for a home and home, we'll come to you. 
any place, any time. And by doing that, they got wins over Michigan. They got wins over Wisconsin. They got wins over Michigan State. They got wins. Over, they got a win over Ohio State. Tennessee. Tennessee. Tennessee was bad, but still they throttled them twice. Like those are five big name to marquee. Wisconsin's big name and not necessarily marquee. Ohio State. Con- Ohio State. Yeah, I said them. So conferences oh, or teams, excuse me, teams that you got wins over. Yep. Yeah, two over Michigan. Come to think of it. Right? So that's what you do is you schedule tough. You don't run from a rival. You don't run from the lone team in the pro, in the conference you're probably the most scared of, although UW is here probably to stay if they keep their coach. Like that's uh, that's just uh, gives me the heebie-jeebies. It's one of the things I can't stand about college football. I, I, it, it's I'm an NFL guy because the NFL has structure and makes sense. College football is just madness and chaos. You've got teams running from each other and who gets the most money from this conference and that conference yeah. and blah, 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 blah. It's just, it's just silly. So we agree on it that. Is. It is very, very silly. That's what it is. <laughs> all right. So since it's we're here. all silly. Yeah. So since we're here, let's just touch relatively quickly on the Lillard yes, situation. Agreed. Uh, I beat this to death the other day with uh, Craig Burnback and – Bill Orm on the Blazer Focus podcast, but we're a month out from him demanding a trade to Miami. There's been no trade, obviously. The Blazers reportedly have not even really engaged with Miami, but on the table, this is one question I have for you. On the table right now, this has sort of been a thing I reported this a couple weeks ago, that uh, right now on the table is three to four first, Tyler Hero, which could be flipped to someone else, which may be for that fourth pick. Uh, Jamie Jaquez, is that right? Jaquez. Chakwes. Um, Hawkwes. 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 The J is silent. My bad. Uh, and then salary match, maybe a couple swaps, and second round picks, et cetera, et cetera. To me, if you come out of this with a, a, some kind of mix of that group of things, especially with the picks, that is more than fair. We, you are close. There's no way you're not close. If the Blazers think they should be able to get way more than that, if this opened up for other people, I think that's ridiculous. I don't think any other team is going to offer all of that for a for a myriad of reasons based on whatever tier you look at in terms of teams. I think they are super close. I think the Blazers just pissed off because they don't want they didn't want a situation where they were told what to do by Lillard and his agent. Tough break. You told your superstar one thing, you did another. He has clout. He's flexing that clout. Deal with it. Move him to Miami. Get this over with. If you're taking time to get a third team in here into this deal because you want to get a, a small forward instead of hero as opposed to a pick for hero. Great. Take all the time you need to get there, but it's got to be Miami. It's got to be done at some point. And if they bring Damian Lillard into camp, I, I'm going to be beside myself. That press conference is going to be lit though. I told, <laughs> I, I told someone the other day that I'm going to be front center, front row center. And they're gonna have to call security to get the mic out of my hand because I'm gonna have a rapid fire ten questions row. What they like to see, what they like to do, with the, they want you to ask one question and then move the mic or move to someone else, which avoids follow ups. Because when you're talking about yeah. detailed situations, you're gonna have follow ups because either a they're not gonna give you a legit answer, or b they give you a no or a yes answer to something, which then shifts the questions to a different pocket of questions. And they need to be asked, not go on to the next person who might change the subject entirely. Then it comes back to you and you have to reopen that subject. So if they bring him to Portland, if they bring him back, to me, that's just, that makes the program even, excuse me, the program, Oregon, thinking about Oregon. That makes the franchise look even more dysfunctional than it does right now. I don't know. I just, I, 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 I'm just not enthralled. I'm I'm still just not not team Miami right now. I'm, I'm not I'm not down with what. Okay, let's hear it. Let's break it down. Tell tell. I mean, tell I already me told why. you. I told you exactly. Those picks aren't going to be good. That doesn't They're matter. Not... Yes, yes it you... does. No, it doesn't. I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. Go ahead. Yes, it does. They they need to have good picks to build this franchise up because obviously they have struggles getting free agents here. That has been that has been a consistent theme throughout the entire franchise's history. They need to draft well. That is super, super important. 
So, you know, getting the, you know, 24th pick in the, you know, 2028 draft or whatever it is, that's not going to do anything here. That's not, I mean, maybe it will. Maybe they get lightning in a bottle, but, you know, the likelihood is much slimmer. Okay. Brenna. Brenna. Aaron. Aaron. This is, I've seen other people talking about this. It's one of the, it's one of the more baffling talking points that I, I just, okay. When Utah traded Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland, did they do so thinking they were going to get lottery picks? No. When the Houston Rockets traded Harden to the Nets, did they do so thinking that they were going to get lottery picks with Harden, Kyrie, and Durant? No. When Brooklyn traded Durant to Phoenix, did they think they were going to get lottery picks with Durant playing with Booker and Paul was gone now and Durant but now, or uh, Aiden, but now they got Beal? No. When um, uh, Gobert was traded to Minnesota, did Utah think it was going to get lottery picks? No. In every trade ever, when you're trading a star, you're not trading him thinking you're going to get back high picks because you're trading him to a team that's probably going to be really good. Otherwise, that team doesn't want that guy. And if that guy's really good, he's going to make that team good. I've never in my life heard anyone complain about the picks they're getting back in a deal like this as, oh, they're going to be late picks. That's why you get three or four of them. You wouldn't get three or four lottery picks. You get three or four picks that are probably going to be late. But in this case, this is like, to me, the perfect situation where you actually might get some lottery picks. Donovan Mitchell is only, was only 25 at the time of that deal. So the odds of Cleveland becoming bad with him, unless they get rid of him, in the next five or six years when those picks convey, is not very good. Lillard's 33, Butler's 33. So if you take the 2028 and 2030 pick from Miami, Butler and Dame are going to be long gone. Or if they're still playing, they're going to be 38 and 40. So those picks could very easily be good. And then what I would do is I would ask for the 2029 pick swap because if Shaden Sharp and Scoot Henderson are transcendent generational talents that we've been sold and they were unavailable to be traded to help Dame, then you should be really good by 2028, 29, 30, which means, and Miami should be in a dip, which means that pick swap is going to come in handy, which means you got three shots, 2028, 2029, and 2030 to get a lottery pick. And if you get lucky and Miami's unable to rebuild on the fly because they're paying Lillard and Butler $100 million combined plus BAM 40, so I don't know how they're going to rebuild on the fly with no picks and no salary cap money to bring in other people. You got three shots at three lottery picks. You could literally get three lottery picks in 2028, 29, and 30. Also, also, and this is the, the other point about this. That just, Do you remember when we were going to go short on this? Continue. No, because I because you brought you brought the pick thing. You got me fired up, man. So this is the other thing. This is the other thing. I just mentioned Harden, Mitchell, Durant. There's, there's other, uh, I'll go bear four trades made with the main capital being a bunch of picks. So why is it all of a sudden that the Blazers, if they get a bunch of picks, they can't turn around and trade those picks for another star for a Donovan Mitchell, for a go bear, for a somebody. If those people can be had for those picks, then you want as many picks as possible because you can take those picks and trade them, not use them in a draft, trade them for another player. So then essentially, if I trade Lillard for four first round picks and then two years, three years later, trade those four first round picks for a star, I basically traded Lillard for another star. That's how the NBA works. Yet for the first time in my life, and I can't say I've paid attention to every fan base when these trades happen. I'm actually hearing a fan base and some people in the media complain about getting multiple first round picks for a star when that's how trades work in the NBA. You done. good? I'm done. Okay. You got nothing. Don't even try. No, I'm saying <laughs> what I'm saying is this. I, it's not about the it's 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 about the parts that make the whole for me personally with that with that trade it's not just one thing it's that the parts that make the whole of the trade just do not make sense for me in terms of where things are going with this team and that but why a, because they're not getting anybody in that trade that is going to be able to make any sort of impact on this team, and it is not helping them in any but, sort of okay, way. But they're never going to. I, I've been warning Blazers fans on Twitter for six months about this. If they trade Lillard, actually for a year, if they trade Lillard, he was going to go to a contender, and that team has to remain a contender when they trade for him. He's not going to go there, or they're not going to want him. Yes, I agree so with you there. Right. So the Suns got lucky by getting Bridges. 
because the Suns were, excuse me, the Nets did, because the yeah. Suns were in a position to basically give up Bridges because they're getting Durant, who's going to basically play, who's going to obviously be a forward, and you still had Booker and you still had Paul and you still had Aiton, right? So um, the Heat aren't in that position. They're not going to give up Bam. Everyone, people were saying, we're going to get Bam. Dame's not going to go to Miami if Bam's gone. Bam, and Bam, Miami's Bam, not going to give up. Not coming. Okay. Right. He's not gonna, they're not going to give up 25-year-old Bam or 26, whatever he is, for a 33-year-old Lillard, which is another factor, by the way, that people are not factoring. Lillard's age matters. I know people in Portland want to pretend that Dame's going to be the okay. same Dame when he's 40, but he's not. He's going to start declining at some point. And so the age does matter. Donovan Mitchell, as I said, was 25 at the time of that trade. And Cleveland could turn around after giving up all those assets to Utah. They could have Mitchell for four, three, four, five years and then still flip him for a comparable package and get back all of those assets they give up for him. Whereas with Dame, this is it. Miami gives a four first hero and whatever else. They're not going to recoup that for Dame. They're either going to win the title or bust. And then they're going to have to live with the consequences. So that all reduces Dame's perceived value. But anyway, I, I just... You're not, you're not, if, if Portland thought they were going to make this trade and then build a contender off the back of this trade, then they were just weren't thinking clearly because that's just wasn't going to happen. You take those three or first round picks, you take uh, a couple young players and you move on. And then you try and package those picks with your own picks and you use those things to build around your two so-called transcendent generational talents, which you sold out Dame for. I know that's harsh to say they sold out Dame for him, for those two, but they did. They told Damien, we're going to tank and we're going to get high picks and use those picks to build around you. But then it became, no, we're going to tank and get high picks and keep those picks and alienate you so you'll leave. So anyway, I I just think people want too much. The the Miami Heat offer is legit as it is. Go in there and tweak it and do what you can and, and get this over with. Ooh, if you could see the stare she is giving me right now. Woo, daggers. Oh, now there's a little bit of a grin. Well, I really got Aaron on his pulpit today, that's for <laughs> certain. Um, I, you know, I poked the bear, and I, I didn't realize I was poking the bear. I just hard, don't understand why people are I, so ridiculous about that. That's used specifically, but just the, everything I see on Twitter, is, and, and then people are making me out to be the bad guy, and you're in Dane's pocket, or why don't you move to Miami? It's like, no. This whole fan base has been in Dame's pocket for 11 years. You should want him to go where he wants to go. You shouldn't sell him out for an extra draft pick from someone else. Like, that's just dumb. It's just, it's just, it's just so seedy to me. You know, let Dame go where he wants to go. Get back a decent to good package. The package you thought you were going to get never existed anyway. No one was going to pony up all the stuff you thought you wanted, thought you were going to get for him. It wasn't going to happen. And just take those three or four first, move hero, get a young player, some swaps, and you'll be fine. I just find it to be a trade at the end of the day that does not address any present or future needs. That's where I find it. That's what I, that's that's true. But the, right. And you're right. But the picks are what you use later to address those needs. Not, you're not going to get, and why are you trying to address needs now? You should want to lose and stink and get another lottery pick. Here's, here's another thing too people say just bring Dame back and make him play no let me add this one more thing just bring Dame back and let him play okay let's say Dame comes back and he has a healthy season they have a relatively healthy healthy season and he gets you to the play in and then you win the play in, play in and you're a seventh or eighth seed and you just get roasted in the first round which you would because you're too small you don't have any vets all right so now you made the playoffs with Dame you kept Dame you made the playoffs with him which means what you lose your first round pick to the Bulls and now Lillard is still pissed. He still wants to leave, and he's 34. Ooh, now you're going to get a lot more for him now, right? No, you're going to get less for him, and you would have lit a lottery pick on fire in the process. So in reality, then, if you lose out on three or four first from Miami and you don't get your own lottery pick as you went and made the playoffs with Dame, you basically lost out on four to five picks with one being a guaranteed lottery pick. And then, like I said, three years down the road, you got three shots at a lottery pick when Miami falls off the map because Dame and Butler are gone. I mean, it's just so blatantly obvious to me what you do here. You move that guy. You suck ass next season. You get another lottery pick. You draft someone over 6'6", finally, maybe, hopefully. And then you package all your picks that you're going to have moving forward 
into going out and adding to your generational talents with the same types of deals that people are crying about now that you don't want to make for Lillard, that you don't want to do with the Lillard deal for Miami. It doesn't make any sense. It's all right there for you. You can't get Mikhail Bridges in five first. It ain't happening. Or anyone comparable. Never was going to happen. You take Tyler Hero and you like it and you move Hero. Okay, I'm done now. Now she is just rolling her eyes at me. She's got her hands, her, her face in her hands. She's like, is this fool ever going to shut up? <laughs> okay, um, you can move us along if you want. Well, I mean, do we even want to talk about Disney World at this point? We're, <laughs> We're long into this. I'll be quick. I'll be quick. Recap. I took my family to Disney World and Universal Studios. We did six days, which going into it seemed like, oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. When that 95 degree heat hit, hits you with 86% uh, humidity, it ain't as much fun walking around. And we calculated that we walked around like eight or nine miles a day. Um, but that said, it still was fun, but it, it's just, it's a lot of work. Disney World's crazy. If you go to Disney World, do your homework on the genie passes and the lightning passes. Yes. And sometimes you have to make appointments for rides these days. It's insane how complicated it was. Universal, Universal just get a fast pass and you're good. It's definitely expensive, but Universal was much easier to navigate. Disney World spread out all over the place. You got to take monorails and buses to get places. So make sure you just go into it knowing as much as possible. There's a, there's great Have videos. a game plan. Yes. There's great videos all over YouTube. You can find five minute, 10 minute, 50 minute videos on how to navigate these parks, which are helpful. I watch some of them, but not enough. I could probably do one now. <laughs> so I learned some things the hard way our family did. But if you go to Universal Studios, Velociraptor, roller coaster, amazing. One of the smoothest things I've ever been on. Um, the Hulk roller coaster, absolutely terrifying. I closed my eyes through most of it. I have a fear of heights. When I was younger, I was cool with heights on roller coasters because of the thrill of the roller coaster. It overrode it. Now that I've gotten older, and I've read about this, when you get the older you get, you lose some sense of balance as you get older. Not that you're stumbling around, but it's just a different equilibrium thing. And then the thrill of the ride no longer overrides any natural or innate fear you might have from riding such a thing when you're that, especially when you're that high and going upside down, right? But as you get older, that the thrill seeking goes down and the fear of the ride goes up. So it makes it less pleasurable for some. For me, since I hate heights, when we go up high, I'm freaking out. Like I went on one that goes straight up, like literally straight up. And I was on it and my daughter made me get on a Terran because she loves these rides. And as we're going up, I'm like, I hate you, Terran. And I wasn't joking at the moment. And I closed my eyes for the rest of the ride up and then the rest of the ride down. But the Velociraptor is a pretty low roller coaster. <coughs> so I can deal with that. But the greatest ride I'd ever been on in my life was the Hagrid's ride at Harry Potter. That thing, it's like a motorcycle type deal with a sidecar. It's all low. It never goes up too high. But the twists and turns and the speed, and then it has this weird drop, and then you go backwards. Like, that thing was phenomenal. So if you go Have you been on Universal, the Cars ride before? Huh? Have you been on the Cars ride before in Disneyland? At, at California Adventure? Yeah. Oh, that sucks compared to this. That's Okay, one. all right. No, this is... I this is this is. Ride. Oh no, it's it's a fun thing, but it's not like this is like a low a low level a low roller coaster means that's low on the ground, it doesn't go high. Yep. A lot of yep. twists and it's fast as hell. It's just amazing. But Disney has one similar called Tron, which is indoors, like dark, like you're in space. Yeah. Kinda. Or not space, but just in a dark world. Yeah. That was awesome. But the the roller coaster that trumped Hagrid's for me was Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. That okay. It's inside because it's a space ride, but it makes Space Mountain at Disneyland, which Disney World has, and they need to get rid of that thing. I rode that thing, and it's just it's just so outdated. It's like forty years Man. old, isn't it? Makes that look like just it, it, it just makes it look like garbage. The effects they use inside to make it look like you're in space are phenomenal, and then they use these big screens to show things from the movie that's a villain that's trying to get you and stuff like that, which adds to mm -hmm. the whole thing. The ride itself is phenomenal, but you're in these four seater cars. There's four of them and they come apart from each other. And then they, they can spin and rotate as you're riding the roller coaster. 
So like you're riding the roller coaster and they'll, and they'll come apart and they'll spin a little bit so you can see more of the stuff that's out there as opposed to looking to the right or looking to the left. It shows it to you as you're going, as you're doing a side twist or whatever. We did it twice. You had to make appointments for it. That thing was amazing. And they played music. Um, so if you get a good song that you like and you're riding it, it's phenomenal. I would go back just to ride that ride. Wow. So the two, yeah. So the two best roller coasters I've ever been on, the Hagrid's one at Universal and Guardians of the Galaxy at Disney World, which is phenomenal. And roller coasters have gotten so much smoother. Like they've always been, you know, for like 30 years, they've been pretty nice. Yeah. But these, these were just liquid smooth, which just made for such a much better ride. Anyway, that's my review. There you go. There you go. That's your uh, that's your that's your Universal and Disney World recap. Yeah, take a lot of money. <laughs> take a lot of money. I'm gonna be paying this trip off for a little bit because <laughs> we were just swiping. Like, oh, you yeah. hungry? Swipe. You thirsty? Swipe. Swipe. All I want to buy this? Swipe. Swipe. You can't go in there like counting pennies. Like you just gotta go prepared yep. to just swipe. Just swipe. Yeah. Just do it. Just swipe, swipe. What do you want? You want that? Swipe, swipe. I want this. Swipe, 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 this swipe, 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 swipe. And just worry about it later. You know, I kept thinking of uh, Betty and and uh, Wilma Flintstone. They would, I don't know if you ever watched the Flintstones, but they'd be like, charge it. And then they'd run into a department store with their credit cards. I didn't know they had credit cards in the Stone Age, but anyway, mm, that's how I fascinating. was. Fascinating. Just, just swipe it. All right. Are we good? We covered a yeah, lot. Yeah, we're good. We covered a lot. We'll see what happens yeah. with the pack situation. Um Regardless of what happens, how that goes, we'll be back uh, to talk about that at some point soon. Hopefully that gets done by this weekend so we can put it all behind us. Uh, and hopefully that, that little trade can happen this month. I'm giving it to the end of the month. I'm going to be cool to the end of the month, and then I'm going to start raising hell if I haven't already. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, what exactly was, was the last topic then? <laughs> I don't know. It was me still being Fentress Light. I can't. I can't even imagine what raising hell looks like. Then. Oh, okay. I've, I've been holding. I'm just. Gonna, I'm just gonna sit back and watch. I'll just. I'll just sit back, like as you do your thing, and just hype man you. On just, yeah. Just, yeah. Every, every once in a while, just go. You go, Fentress. I think yeah, you're I'll wrong, just, but you go. Back, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Bet. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> like, fire. Yeah. That's what I'll be. That's what I'll do. All right. Thanks for listening to the Sports by Northwest podcast. Please click the subscribe button and give us a positive rating, and we'll be back soon. Take care.